Hello, all my friends. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. I'm ready to debate. This okay. is Dave. Yeah. That's Steve. This is Steve. We need to be. We need to make more of a show <coughs> yeah. of maybe being what your distinguishing our are. voices. Yeah. I'm Steve. I usually take the positive side. Uh huh. I'm Dave. Dave. I'm usually going to take the con, but I don't know that we're going to do that. Let's no, see. we're going to flip explain. the script right well, now. There you I've go. got a micro debate. Who are you confused? Dave. Who are you? I'm Dan Medina. I'm the moderator. Hell yeah, baby. Um, King. Yeah. Pro. Ready. Four minutes. Flossing sucks. I'm Dave King. I'm taking the pro. Flossing sucks. There's no two ways about it. It's painful. It's bloody. It's a nuisance. It's disgusting. It smells. Look, there's two scenarios. One is you don't floss, you don't floss that often. If you don't floss that often, then it's painful. It stinks. It's bloody. It's you get a, all these gunky messes that come out. The other scenario is you do it every day. That takes time. It's difficult to get in there. I've got a small mouth. My jaws don't open that much. I can't even get all the way back there. I hate it. Even with the most advanced little floss picks they've got, jamming my fingies in there to try to get those molars. Are you kidding me? It's really difficult. It's a flaw. Look, it's nobody's fault, but teeth are poorly designed. What the hell happened that to keep our teeth healthy, we've got to fit a tiny string in between every two teeth every day for the rest of our lives? That's crazy. If you designed a product that way, you'd say, no, I reject this. Figure out something else. On top, we have to do this on top of brushing. That's the real kick in the in the pants. You, we've already spent two or three minutes setting up your toothbrush and brushing your teeth. You should be done by then. Now I got a floss on top of that. Who has the time? Who has the energy? Who cares that much about your teeth? That's the other thing. Like, what? Just take my teeth out and put fake ones in that I don't have to floss. Who made these teeth? Okay. This is Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Con. Oh, the con. Flossing doesn't suck. I'm just waiting a little bit because I know often Dave, when he's really worked up, he makes another last little puff of argument, usually about this point. He I'm seems cool. Like, okay. He's going to control himself this time. Dave gave a very persuasive and really, I, I don't have much to disagree with him on his main point, which is teeth are poorly designed. Couldn't agree more. Teeth are a mess. Whoever built their plan, the human uh, body screwed up when they got to the teeth, they could have done it a lot better. That's now, right. given that we have this huge problem, these messed up teeth, the genius, the innovation, the brilliance, the work of man helping man to come up with floss, this thin, uh, lubricated or sometimes minted gliding on some occasions tool technology that gets i'm using uh what's it called glide by i think colgate i love by it ky well stay uh let's not be crude on the podcast the floss let's. that i use is glide it's smooth in some way silken silkenified by some industrial process or chemical additive i don't know but it gets in there and it gets this junk out and the feeling the satisfaction if you floss any time like probably if you're not used to flossing, you may have a reaction of like disgust and horror because of how much stuff is in there and how much you're getting out and how relieved your gums are. And they're expressing that basically by 
bleeding and being swollen and sore because they needed this floss for a long time. When you're a frequent flosser like me, you're having a smooth ride and you're getting things out and each little thing you're getting out, you are happy to not have in there, believe me. So I say thank you to Floss. Thank you for the designers, the inventors. This is not an obvious thing. Like we could definitely live in a world that didn't have Floss. We would have stuff stuck in there and then we'd be in the world Dave talks about toothpicks and picking with your fingers would be awful. That I Most just, of human I just, history, that is how people epiphany. lived. But Floss brought us this great gift. Thank goodness for Floss. I just had an epiphany. How much time is left? 11 seconds? Damn it. Okay, in, in the next... Five to 30 years, they're going to invent something that replaces flossing entirely. The only reason we still have floss is because of big corporations like Johnson & Johnson who need you to buy a ton of floss and use it every day. In the future, there'll be one thing you jam da, 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 in your da, da, mouth. Da, 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 da. You jam in your mouth once a month and it'll get rid of all the stuff for a month and it'll keep your gums perfectly clean. I'm going to have to splice in the timer. <clears throat> okay. Deans, what do you think? <laughs> this is Dan Medina, our moderator now, is going to speak. <laughs> are we anticipating a large number of new listeners this week? Is that what's going on? I think people are sometimes confused. That's by true. That's true. That's no, Dave. it's true. It's true. That's it's Dan. Dan. The creamy Dan smoothness. Over. Dan, over. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with Dave, and I'll tell you why. Heels. I felt that there was an onslaught of points, and... You maybe made a, a more thoughtful argument with fewer points, but just being real, like I want, I wanted to go with the many points. I respect your decision. And we I appreciate don't agree you with it. Being real, it's one of my rare pro victories. Yeah, uh, it doesn't happen often. I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna soak this one in. I think this is a case where I believed everything I said. I believe you. Yeah. Did I you, also Dave, do you wonder, not think Floss did, was good? Did Dave believe everything he said? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think that it's like it's one should floss, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that the practice of flossing just all around stinks. Are you interested in the history of floss at all? Would you like to know anything about that? The word floss, where yeah, it came I from, am. when I was it first commercially am. introduced? Okay. I don't know the answer. Oh, I, I thought you had wondering a great story if we would go and research it. Yeah, I'd oh. love to know more about that. Yeah, maybe next week. Okay, great. Next host chat, we're going to mm. hear about floss. The history of floss, the story of into floss. It. I don't think we should promise this to the listeners because I think there's a chance we'll research it and it'll be like, oh, it's. Mm. I guarantee you, next time we record, I'm going to have two to three solid minutes on floss. Okay. I, it's going to make if you. If I know anyone who can give me a few <laughs> minutes on floss, it's Healy. Sure. Speaking of, are we in host chat? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Come on, man. I want to get back to like debate, back to basics on host chat. Okay. A little bit. Oh, right. I do have to do one piece of business first. The Great Debates Chilisha or Militia. Oh, we talked about that. Chilisha. We talked about that last time, and somebody suggested we to make it clear what we're doing, that it's not a militia. Right. It's if, if you weren't listening in that episode, the Second Amendment provides for suggests well-regulated militias. That's right. I think this is a pretty good solution to gun control. I don't think you should be allowed to have a gun unless you're in a militia that's well-regulated. We're starting a great debate's uh, militia. Somebody suggested we call it the chillisha. It's so good. Our rules basically so far is that you have to be chill. Right. You have to bring snacks. 
that's all we have so far. You have to be on time. You have to be on you time. You have to be on time. We're going to have a muster sometime next mm-hmm. year. We're getting some people uh, volunteering themselves. You have to have someone vouch for you, basically, or be chill, or somehow suggest that you're chill. Anyone, pretty much everybody. So far, I've seen some pretty good applications come through. We, somebody's going to bring us prized dried apricots. Yeah, that's That great. already happened. Yeah. Somebody was asking about ice pops. Maybe they'd bring those. Oh, that's uh-huh. lovely. We got yeah, a guy nice. who wrote in who said that he was uh, in the Army Reserve for 11 years. Uh-huh. But his job in the Army Reserve was playing the saxophone and sometimes the tuba. Sometimes the tuba. So we're definitely, that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably going to be an officer. Yeah, officer of a Chilisha. Yeah, uh, that's TJ Wolfgram. He's yeah, going to be in the militia. So I at, would love that to muster hear. will work out officers, but yeah. it sounds like we're going to have a pretty strong music division in I, uh, the... Uh, I wouldn't want to go up against TJ in any sort of officer. Uh, Army Reserve trained saxophone? any kind man? of tuba competition. No probably. way. That's right. Anyway, but back to basics of just host chat is just talking about, you know, stuff. Conversation, right? Yeah. Chatting. Anybody seen A Star is Born? I just saw it, baby. Oh, you did? I haven't seen it yet. I just saw it last night. What did you think? Were you I into keep it? hearing about it. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. But now I don't want to spoil anything. For I Dan. don't care, man. Yeah, Come on. Who doesn't care? Can I be real with you? Yeah, yeah. please. I really liked it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I was way into it. Yeah. What I don't you? know. I know it's not perfect, but I was in it. Really? Same. I thought it was it? really strong. Yeah. And there's like quibbles you could make with it and yeah. stupid oh, stuff on, and though. corny stuff, but like very well done. God, I keep uh, hearing about it. I intelligent listened, adult movie. Yes. We listened to the song the other day, one of the Bradley Cooper tunes, yeah. and mm-hmm. he's not a bad. It's not Look, that bad. Here's the thing: is that it's all believable. Yeah, it somehow mm-hmm. is so. Like the music, I think there are a couple of very good songs and a couple of songs that didn't stick with me as much, but they all, for the most part, felt. Like they could be songs, mm-hmm. even the song that that uh, Ali Gaga's uh, character performs mm-hmm. on SNL, which mm-hmm. is meant to be sort of like an I don't know what it's meant to be, but it felt real to me. It mm-hmm. felt like a not that great pop song yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and you, I kind of felt like a little embarrassed for her as she was doing it. I don't know if that's the response that mr cooper wanted us to feel but that's how i felt i think a good debate about that film is how good of a song was that how much of yeah were we supposed to be on that i don't know i I thought he was amazing this might be a crazy thing to say but i feel like fame for its importance in our society is actually not very explored very often explored in works of art here's what i liked about the way that a star is born dealt with fame and these sorts of things is that they never once brought us outside the perspective of the core group of people who were in it. So they never, we never did that thing of like, um, they never like got entertainment tonight to record a fake thing mm, about it. Yeah. You, you saw people at the Grammys and stuff, but all of that drama still played out between the characters. Being there. Being there. And yeah. so it was like, it never felt like, for a second, I was asked to be, I don't know, this is going to sound corny or something, but like, I didn't, I felt like I was with them. I didn't feel like I was meant to like have the usual sort of whatever, like experience of a person admiring from afar mm. what it's like to be famous or mm. something. I think that's a great astute point about the film. Mm. And all, and there was a lot of just the way he shot it was very intimate. Mm. A lot of close-ups, a lot of long takes close-up, which I was like, this is cool. Yeah. I'm into this. Yeah. 
I can't wait. I thought it was good. Good yeah. film. Yeah. What did you have a favorite scene or anything? Mm, I like the scene in the cop bar. That seemed like a real mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know if yeah, was BC good. was drawn on some real experience, but like mm-hmm. that seemed like a famous person who has a bar where he's sort of like protected, but also they're like there's assholes there, and like when that boundary gets breached and what that's like, and you brought a new person there, and it's your special sanctuary, and what that means. I had a lot of. I nearly cried thinking about one scene in particular, but I think it would be a spoiler if I said what it was. <laughs> Let's just say this. The dog, the, his interaction with the dog, I didn't quite realize what was going on. Okay. And then after I saw the movie, I was like, oh, my God, that's why he did that. And it, I was, like, shook. Like, Esther and I were at dinner, and I was like, I, I need a moment to compose myself. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I love that. You know what I'm talking about, man? I do, and I'd love to really drill down and discuss it from another perspective. Oh, interesting. But you know what? This has been a satisfying host chat. I think we've Let's get back enough. into debate. Okay. I've got a topic for you guys. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And Healy's going to take the pro. All right, good. Mm-hmm. And the topic is simple. It's that your neighbor is your friend. Okay, I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Your neighbor is your friend. Is your that the right word? Your neighbor is your friend. Is your friend. Look, if this becomes like a very literal, like, he is your friend. I never met my neighbor. How can he be my friend? I can't win that debate. You know that. So yeah. I'm going to try and modify it to be basically like, Default, your neighbor is your friend. Mm-hmm. He is, you guys have live in the same place. Something has driven you there, whether it's circumstance or choice or desire or whatever. You're in a similar location. So you can start from a baseline of like, we got something in common. And then you build on that. You start with, we're working together to protect our environment together. Okay, another little bit of assumption that you can probably ascribe to any other person. And yeah, he's your friend. Will you have disagreements? Of course. Friends have disagreements all the time. I have disagreements with Dave basically every day. But we work through them. It makes our friendship stronger. Your neighbor is your friend in that way. You guys are working together on a common project of creating a living space. So you can come at it with aggression. You can come at it with uh, dislike. You may not even like each other, but basically the two of you are working together on a project of life improvement. And what else can we call that person but a friend? I'm Dave King. I'm sorry. I was just finishing up taking some notes. I'm Dave King. I'm taking the con. The natural relationship between two neighbors in America, for better or worse, is adversarial. The way that property lines are drawn, the way that plots in America on your average street, even on your atypical street, the way that this relationship is set up from the day you move into your house is it is here's the line, here's my property, here's yours. There is nothing less friendly than that. Let me let me paint let me give you a framework of a scenario and you tell me which explanation is more likely. Two neighbors are in court. Which is the more likely scenario? They're getting married or there's a lawsuit between the two of them. 
you know the answer is that there's a lawsuit between the two of them. Most stories between neighbors are stories of one wanting one thing and the other wanting another and then being unable to settle it and often going to court. We see this in the news all the time. Gone are the days of the friendly neighborhood watch of can I borrow some a cup of sugar? That sort of thing just simply doesn't happen anymore. I've got about five neighbors in my house. I don't even know the names of two or three of them, and I've tried to introduce one of the, the guy over here to my left. He's like never around. I ran into him once, and he was like, I'm always traveling. You don't even have to worry about me. My neighbors across the street are nice old people. But they hate, they told me, don't even knock on the door of our neighbors. We hate them. They're awful. If you ever see them, they don't care about the street and they're so mean. And they all, oh, we tried to build something on our backyard and they wouldn't let us. That's not how, that's not friendship. That's not what being a friend is like. I'm not actually friends with these people. Occasionally we have a common interest. Oh, they're repaving the street. Watch out for something. That doesn't make them my friend. Okay, I have to get through a couple. I think I feel like this topic is really juicy, and I want to get through a couple yeah, big points as quickly as possible. First of all, the line, the boundary, the 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 way that America legislates property lines and stuff that allows you to that that's an enhancer of friendship. The government does all that so that the two of you have clear, distinct boundaries, which is a basis for building a friendship. In a default situation where two people are going to be friends, but they haven't met yet, it helps so much to have very clear, distinct rules, which the government provides, allowing you to be friends. In other words, America's system helps you to be your friend, helps your neighbor to be your friend, because that is an ideal, that is a natural way can, of doing it. Can things. I make a quick counterpoint and then you can move on to okay, your next fine. point? Uh, I would just ask the listener to ask themselves, which type of community would you describe the people involved in as being more friends? One is the American system of your average street and your average suburb or city. The other is a, let's say, tribe uh, that shares its property equally. There are no property lines. Everyone helps each other to gather to the the interests are even more common than in the American neighborhood because, for the very reason because of the lack but of existence. But we know of that's a dream lines. and a fantasy, and those utopias break down because they don't have boundaries. And I think you'll find any tribe will have very distinct, clear rules of how to interact with the people who are. Your, maybe any so, healthy but society maybe so, will have but all we're talking about is the is the relationship of the neighbor and i would just say that in a world where the property lines don't exist which is not the situation that we have it's not the framework we're talking about you are more likely to be friends let me You're ask more, you this yeah. is it easier to be friends with somebody when there's a clear boundary and then i have to unfortunately move on to my yeah, next point is unfortunate. when there is a clear is it, are you more likely to be friends with somebody when there is a clear boundary or when every day you're improvising what the boundaries and limits are okay i'm going to move on okay. dave mentioned a situation of if you're with your neighbor in court, are you more likely to get married or be suing each other? Obviously, that's a false equivalency. It's unlikely you're going to get married. You don't marry most of your friends. However, the going oh, to court... It's totally not true. You don't marry most of your friends. No, you don't marry most of your friends, but you don't get in lawsuits with most of your friends either. I actually think it is... A pr because uh, Let's pause for a second here. The, I believe that like... Well, who is more likely to end up in court? Two people from a marriage or two neighbors? 
Say that again. Who's more likely to end up in court? Uh, two people who've been married, or two na- you and one of your any one of your randomly selected. It's the neighbors. married couple because of course, half yes. of all marriages end in so divorce. So that's going to break down. That, that they're not. You know that is a breakdown there. Uh, I agree. That's irrelevant. But Go. to say that most people don't marry their friends, or no, I didn't say, say that. Yes, you said most pe- people don't marry most of their friends. Yes. that's true. But very often, people marry someone who is their friend. Yes, that's all I was and saying. And sometimes you end up in court because sometimes those friendships do break down. However, the going to court, the point of going to court with your neighbor, is to resolve that and get it back to the idea of you two are friends. The relationship is broken down so much that a judge or jury, whatever, needs to step in, be like, okay, here's what we need to do to set this right and get you guys to be friends. It's so again. ridiculous. In a perfect you outcome of a court case, way. would be the judge saying, "You guys ready to be friends again?" And you guys would shake hands and be friends again, and he'd walk out. Everyone would agree that's a happy outcome of a lawsuit between two neighbors because the the ideal your neighbor is your friend has been restored healy let's let me take this one step further yeah you and i are very good friends right now yeah okay do you think the chances (laughs) are that we would ever end up in court suing each other Uh are higher or lower if you moved in next door to me without question they are higher there is no way. I'm actually not of, sure I agree. What possible reason would we have for suing each other if you're not my neighbor? We, the just, Great Debates takes off. We have a huge amount of money. We fight over who has ownership of it, whatever. There's a rights battle. Ten years down the road, you don't see that as being a possibility. But all of those reasons still exist if you're my neighbor. No, but if you're my neighbor, I'd be like, well, I'll work it out. I'll go over to the <laughs> fence and talk absurd. to him. I can't sue That's Dave. so ridiculous. I go over to his house every to day. The sue Dave. We don't have enough access to each other as it is to hash out our problems. We need to have a fence between I us. Could and see, then, I like, could see. I could Dave. Honestly, Wilson, we would hash things I out. Didn't expect this to come up i'm glad you brought up wilson because he is a great example of the friend neighbor but an ideal america looks to and wants but yeah i could definitely see a situation where 10 years from now we're suing each other i assume that could only happen if there's a huge amount of money involved and we were like really pissed uh about rights and ownership or something but i do not think that situation would happen if we live next door to each other because we'd just be too close and intertwined we would never get to that point whereas if we were isolated and detached and not on literally on the same street in the same neighborhood we we could drift apart so much that we sue each other yeah uh, i'm glad i mentioned wilson too because if we're willing to look at the world of like fictional neighbors and the reasons that we portray neighbors for certain reasons Often, to, like Wilson is such a fantasy of a neighbor that we never see his face. But look at the other neighbors from the world of sitcoms. Newman. I'd love, to do a, I'd love to do a sub debate that Jerry is Newman's friend. Well, that's ridiculous. They're obvious. They hate each other. And I would even say that Kramer is like his how many people did you friend. Hate, how many people that you hate have you teamed up to do eight to ten schemes with? They, they don't oh, hate each other. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So you're saying Jerry? They well, pretend the enactment of hatred is part of their the game of their friendship. No, but they that's don't really not kayfabe. They do genuinely dislike each other. I think we're getting you know what a we can go. We course. can get but some Seinfeld about, writers to weigh in on this. I would I'm, love I'm to hear that. Uh, you're wrapped up. Mm-hmm. I was satisfied with that debate. I feel like I made a strong case. Your your neighbor is your friend. Okay, I feel like I've made my case too. I think we did some good work there, and I just want to hear what Medina has. I'd love that. You guys are ready? Oh, I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you signing to us to wrap it up? Well, that's, I was signing to, to make your closing statement. I was statements. like, why am I even talking yeah. to you? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like saying nothing. We should just. <laughs> the moderator is your friend. I think I'm going with heels. Okay. I respect that. 
I think he convinced me with the lawsuit thing. Because I was very much, I was ready yeah. for like, all right, well, if you're neighbors, then that creates more entanglements, which increases the likelihood of a lawsuit. But what Heal's point is, which is great, is that although it does in fact create more entanglements, it creates a relationship that, that gets you over the, that, that supersedes the idea of suing each other. You know what I learned today? Proximity. Never introduce lawsuits into an argument with the son of a judge. <laughs> <laughs> because Healy knows that he was taught well by Judge Healy. I love a, I love a story about a lawsuit. It's true. Especially yeah. one that ends where the guys are prescribed to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and the judge orders them to be friends again. It's like a it's like license to wed or some ridiculous <laughs> fake comedy. I sentence you to twenty years of best friendship. Didn't they make a comedy that was called Bad Judge? <laughs> Right? They made a show called that. Oh, yeah, they did. It yeah. was uh, Kate Walsh, right? Might yeah. it be funnier to have a show that was called Good Judge? Wouldn't that create more comic situations if the judge was like, I order you two to be friends? <laughs> and then they have to. Whereas, like, Bad Judge is like the drinking. Or we have game, a lot of studio and network execs who listen to the show. Yeah. Good Judge, created by Good Steve judge. Healy. It's out there if you the want. Bad moms, the bad moms, the bad everything. That right. trend is out. <laughs> the emphasis has to be on the word good. Judge, believe it or not. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The show that I always wanted to see made was the one where the judge lives with the family and is in his, you know, robe at breakfast having coffee, <laughs> and is ruling on every one of the disputes, mm, right. and all of, the, and everybody has to go by what he says. Judge I know Dad. you're. That's an ideal show, or you're thinking of a show you've I seen. I want that show to exist. I've seen that show. That show. They tried that show. <laughs> it didn't work. Joe Montagna was a Supreme Court justice, and it was hmm. called First Monday. Right. Hmm. And in the pilot, that's exactly what's happening. No, I think this has to be a reality show, and they bring a real judge oh. in. And he has to, you've got your family's very unruly, okay. and then you, sorry, the judge is going to live with you. Oh, and here comes the judge. Yeah, here see. comes the judge. Okay. Well, there you uh, go. Okay. Guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next <laughs> Thank you week. Thank you. Sorry. On the Great Debates podcast. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. <laughs>